For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There's no business like show business like no business I know. Morning, everybody. Good to be with you here on today's edition of the Morning Briefing. Had to break in a song to uh, try and combat the anxiety that I'm feeling right now. Jeff DeForest, along with Mike Louie Lubitz here on NoFilter.net. And very happy to have you guys along for the ride. Although that ride uh, looks like it's going to end up in catastrophe, Louie. I was ready. I just about had a blowtorch to my $1,000 ticket that I had on the Arizona Diamondbacks at 50 to 1. <laughs> the pain, the agony of defeat. This is that guy on Wide World of Sports just going right off the side of the mountaintop there on the ski jump. Hey, sorry, Greg, you mistimed the tide, right? There's Luganus, Acapulco and Cliffs. And he looks down, he says, well, there's no water there. <laughs> you're halfway through a triple somersault with one and one half twists there Jim McKay is shaking with the microphone going I don't know if he's going to make it I don't know if he's going to make it but it's tough to boot home a 50 to 1 shot is it not have you uh, attempted many 50 no. to 1 shots uh, in your lifetime uh, we take a little sniff here on the Arizona Diamondbacks it wasn't quite a dime that we have uh, at stake here but uh, nonetheless even if it was uh, you know three dollars Okay. You're talking about 50 to 1. There, there's an enormous psychological euphoria that you experience. Uh, it's better than anything. All the drugs in the late 70s, early 80s that were being shipped in here, you could have uh, cocaine straight off the Colombian vine, and you couldn't experience the type of euphoria that you do if you're a degenerate gambler and you score at 50 to 1. Why, Luby? Because what do we want in life? We want validation. We want to know that for a rare change, we were right. And at 50 to 1, we were right when everybody else was dead fucking wrong. (laughs) So it was with great interest that I watched to see if the Arizona Diamondbacks could come back and rebound off by what was a relatively flat performance. I don't want to say it was as flat as the proverbial Parisian runway model, but it was a flat performance in game number one. They came back, they bounced back a little bit, they got the two-run homer, final score 5-3. I mean, uh, but in essence, what? It, it was uh, like watching uh, Floyd Money Mayweather fight, right? Where, uh, you know, just with a little jab and the occasional power shot, uh, the shoulder roll, he controls the first nine rounds, and even though he coasts through the last three, you're still going to give Money Mayweather the fight. Yeah, you know what? You suck, Floyd! <laughs> how great was that too when he told larry merchant that he was going to beat the crap out of him and that he should be fired and merchant fired back yeah well if i was 50 years younger i would knock your ass out <laughs> I, think, I don't know larry i mean you might have become a little bit delusional there in your old age when you were doing those fights on uh, hbo because uh, i don't think that was happening just look at victor ortiz right they're carrying this guy out in the stretcher Unbelievable. But uh, anyway, at 50 to 1, you have the Arizona Diamondbacks, and then you have to watch this atrocity last night, Luby. Did you catch any of this baseball game by any chance? I definitely caught it. And uh, Philadelphia Phillies look like a juggernaut right now, and it's sort of annoying as a fan of a team that opposes them in the NL East. 
Yes. I mean, we, we thought for years that Bryce Harper was vastly overrated. Turned out that we were dead wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Kyle Schwarber, what, what a baseball atrocity this is, that you have a guy that's under the Mendoza line leading off. A, a guy who makes Yogi Berra look like he was Bullet Bob Hayes, like he was some kind of spinner, <laughs> like he was Carl Lewis in his prime. You're going to do the long jump tonight, uh, Carl? Uh, as long as he doesn't throw out the first pitch or sing the national anthem. Man, he was lousy before ball games, wasn't he, Carl Lewis? Uh, he, he, unfortunately, whatever distinction he had as a track and field star, uh, he denigrated that badly. By uh, Remember when he uh, looked like he was at Don Carter Lane's when he rolled that ball up the home plate? <laughs> like, that's a superstar athlete? Learn how to throw, man. Don't right. want to see this guy in a javelin. I mean, you're liable to have uh, one go right into the stands and uh, uh, pierce some guy in the chest. Uh, it, it's ugly. But uh, that's how ugly it was. Schwarber, like a sub-200 hitter that strikes out a zillion times. And he's your leadoff man. Yep. Maury Wills and Lou Brock are rolling over in their grave uh, as they watch this uh, series unfold. And yet he leads off with a home run like every night of the postseason. Now has 18 postseason home runs. And our man Dave Dabrowski, who defies all of the uh, usual templates by which uh, franchises are built. Well, you know what? How many times have we heard this, Luby? especially uh, being in South Florida with the now Miami Marlins. Well, what we have to do is build through the farm system. Yes. That's right. we got to find some good players, some good young players, and cultivate them into our style of play and uh, get them uh, acclimated to the culture of the organization. And you're thinking, yeah, well, when are you going to do that, man? (laughs) (laughs) Any time in my lifetime would be good. It never happens, right? Dave Dabrowski says bullshit to all of that, man. I mean, holy Bill James, what are we talking about here? He says, let's get veteran players, pay them a lot of money, and uh, hope that, uh, you know, you hit on uh, one out of uh, two or maybe two out of three, and all of a sudden you've got a winning team and a winning franchise. So um, it, it looks brutal for our 50-1, to Luby. Yes. Uh, should I burn the tickets? What, what do you think? <laughs> no, look, we saw with the Panthers. It is baseball, yeah. We saw that teams can come back. It happens. Um, but, yes, I wouldn't be confident at this point. The Phillies look like a freaking monster, and it's really annoying. Yeah, and the other Cinderella story that's taken place is uh, the Texas Rangers, where uh, the Rangers uh, are in command right now, well, up to zero on the Houston Astros. Uh, I mean, if you really had some guts, Luby, do you dive on the Astros to win four out of five at plus 400 to win the series? Would it be worth taking a shot on that, or do you need uh, Jose Altuve and the rest of the Astros who are at the top of the order to snap out of this coma immediately? If uh, they're going to somehow prosper in this series. So uh, right now I'm in a commanding position. Uh, It's happened uh, in baseball history, I think something like 89 times. And uh, only on 14 of those occasions has a team that was down to nothing in a best of seven series come back to win. Very prohibitive and uh, precarious uh, position to be in. Right. That's kind of like when you had the near pin in high school and college wrestling. The near pin, which was worth three points. I mean, these two teams are nearly pinned to the ground there as uh, they both trail by two nothing margins. But we'll see what happens. How, how is this possible, Luby? Does this baffle you? And uh, I'm confounded by this. Uh, and how many times have we had interviews with coaches where they've said to us, well, you know what? Uh, we sleep here all day, uh, 24 hours a day. We eat all of our meals right here in the meeting room. Uh, we have 100 meetings uh, every uh, week before we ever in, uh, enter into the actual uh, competition in a game. And uh, we make sure that uh, we have uh, everything covered, all of our bases covered. We watch uh, 300 hours of film. We see more film than Martin Sorsese, for God's sake. <laughs> Guys are so safe. 
That wasn't I Cersei, was it? Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they spend all of their waking hours, 365 days a year at the office, uh, trying to figure out what's going on, strategies, things like that. And then, uh, as we alluded to, I mean, uh, continue, I mean, confounding bonehead decisions, bozoic maneuvers that cost teams games come from these very same coaches. What are they doing there all day? I'm glad you didn't make no that idea. gesture. I, I, have I, no that, idea. I just have no idea. <laughs> How could you not understand the most basic and simplistic fundamentals of uh, clock management, time management, uh, strategies, end game, closeout strategies? How are you uh, completely bereft of any talent at what is supposed to be the most important and critical position and, and, uh, and, and basic, uh, you know, instinct that you have to have to be able to do this job. Correct. I mean, uh, how long can you spend in meetings and then come up with a decision like Mario Cristobal did university of Miami? I hate to keep pounding this, but, but it, it's so outrageous, so egregious that you're wondering, I mean, did he spend any time in the office at all? I mean, maybe he was like <laughs> Steve Spurrier when he was with uh, the then Redskins. <laughs> How's it going, Steve? Uh, practice today? No, no. I mean, Kevin Lockery was like that when he was coaching the Miami Heat. Uh, practice? No, no, we're fishing down in the Keys. <laughs> no wonder they won like 14 games. Exactly. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, what are these guys doing if they don't know their own job? I mean, Brian Dable, same thing in that Giants game. Against the Buffalo Bills, there's 12 seconds left. You have no timeouts. You're at the one-yard line. You're leading 6 nothing. an impossible position to even conceive of the Giants being in there having a horrible season. You have a chance uh, to either be up 9 nothing, which would suck in and of itself, or uh, take two shots into the end zone with passing plays and possibly uh, go into the locker room at halftime with a 13 or 14 or nothing lead. And uh, instead... The guy runs the ball, the guy gets stuffed, and you're thinking, how many meetings did you have in the Giants facility there? I mean, were the Maras in on these meetings? Because <laughs> if they were, and, and that was going to be your decision at halftime with 12 seconds to go and no chance to run another play if your guy gets stopped, they would just take your contract and throw it in the shredder, Brian. That's it. Coach of the year, notwithstanding. It's over. Well, that's the thing. Like, And I get he was red-faced walking out the field, so it clearly wasn't his call. And I understand Tyrod Taylor's a veteran, but he's the backup. Like, why is there any leeway there? Like, that's what I don't get with these coaches is they're these big figures hovering over the team. And then when something bad happens, they're like, oh, I didn't do it. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you there for if you're not doing that? Sounds like a certain former president. Yes. yes. <laughs> it wasn't me. I don't know about that. <laughs> woman? What woman? Uh, there's no woman here. Get caught red-handed in bed with another chick. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Um, Luby was very upset. I, I don't know. Have you gotten over it? Uh, your emotional distress, uh, your psychological damage, uh, your uh, just flat out right depression that uh, your beloved team, the Miami Heat, did not make the acquisition. Everybody was anticipating. Everybody said it was a foregone conclusion. Damian Lillard, uh, with all of his talent, was going to bring his talents to South Beach and follow in the footsteps of the great LeBron James and many others, and he was going to join Jimmy, uh, I mean, uh, talk about Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, uh, who looks to be one of the great clutch players of all time, and, uh, you know, as uh, the embodiment of heat culture, which, uh, you know, culture to me was always like uh, a yogurt that I had in the fridge for two years when I was a bachelor. <laughs> and it would be like that little tree growing out of it, and you're thinking, Louis Pasteur wouldn't even touch this shit. But, uh, I mean, everything was going to, you know, all indications were, even Brian Windhorst, I think, was saying, yeah, yeah, Lillard, that's a cinch. He's going to the heat. Mm -hmm. 
And he ends up, I mean, was this just out of the uh, mindset that maybe people around the league have, which is no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how self-sabotaging it, it may be of a maneuver for your own team, that you do anything in your power to fuck Pat Riley, <laughs> which is apparently what this Joe Cronin did. What do you, what do you think, Lou? I don't know if it's the league. I know it's what Cronin felt. I, Cronin didn't hide it. Like, we've talked about this. At face value, when you put all the assets together from both trades, it feels like they got a lot of pieces. They did. They didn't get good pieces. They didn't get pieces that you want for a rebuilding franchise. They didn't get pieces that are going to keep Joe Cronin's job. Yeah. They got a lot of pieces. And what they did was make the two teams the Heat at the time might have been a little better than better than the Heat. And clearly better. Like, Milwaukee now is clearly better. And the Celtics, one issue was toughness. Drew Holiday's tough. So now they're tougher than the Heat. Or I don't know about tougher. They're better than the Heat. So it's annoying. I, I mean, I've gotten over in the sense that once you saw early on that Cronin was telling the Heat to go fuck themselves, I knew Lillard wasn't coming to the Heat. It's just annoying that he found a way to shoehorn two contenders and give them top-notch players for nothing. Like, it's usually when you give up a Drew Holiday, when you give up a Lillard, you get a crap load. They didn't get anything that's really useful to them at all. This is prob not, probably not universal around the uh, country. I don't ma imagine that it is. But, uh, you know, Pat Riley, uh, for, for us, I mean, is on our all Elliot Ness team. I mean, he's untouchable. You should not ever have anything negative to say about Pat Riley and his tenure. Uh, I mean, outside of the fact that I thought that was the, one of the most bogus portrayals of an individual in winning time, I mean, they, they made Pat Riley – uh, look, look like, uh, you know, he, he uh, what was, uh, you know, just uh, some clown on that show, right? You thought it was uh, Bob Goldthwait or whatever that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, just, just some hippie freak that they, they portrayed him as. And, and that, that, that offended me. It really did. I, I love Pat Riley. I think he's uh, brilliant. I, I Followed him when I was a young cub reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. Well, it was a, it was a, you know, a mullet rapper, but uh, nonetheless, <laughs> I thought it was great. Proudly representing the Ontario Daily Report in Ontario, California. And, uh, you know, he, he was uh, at that time, the color analyst for a chick earn play by play broadcast only to, uh, you know, then surface surprisingly under, you know, bizarre circumstances as the head coach of the team as portrayed in winning time. Although I don't know if it actually played out exactly as uh, they depicted it. Did they take a little, uh, you know, creative license with that show? Luby, yeah, they, they openly admitted they took dramatic license, but Riley's nose looked like Joe Pepitone. Didn't it? <laughs> the the, the old Yankee look isn't an exact unbelievable yeah it was an ugly portrayal but uh, you know i i don't know if it's universal around uh, the country but what well, we come to riley's defense uh, at virtually all times oh no the na na nationally it's the opposite nationally they're sick of the heat and they hate the heat yeah he, he suffered a lot of indignities too i mean that time that lebron stiffed him at the circus circus in las vegas uh, how, how indignant was that Riley's sitting there. I mean, did you ever see the clientele in the casino at the Circus Circus? Never mind the steakhouse, which is pretty good. You're going to put Pat Riley ensconced in cigarette smoke? Some lady's got the, you know, just the filter of the cigarette left, and the rest is all ash, and she's got lipstick smeared over her butt, you know, top lip, and goes, Say, buddy, can you squeeze me at 20? There's Pat Riley in an Armani suit, looking resplendent as always. So if he just stepped off the cover of GQ and he's waiting for LeBron, who's not going to show up. Are you kidding me? And meanwhile, LeBron's on a plane to the Bahamas somewhere with Dwayne Wade. And they're laughing at Pat Riley. 
man should not have to suffer these kind of indignities. But uh, it, it does seem like Cronin really uh, went out of his way to stick it to him. Uh, the other thing, too, uh, just uh, one of my favorite aspects of the NBA, uh, Louis, is uh, when you have to uh, trade for guys that are deceased because you want their expiring <laughs> contract. So that'll be the other issue to watch here. We'll see what kind of brilliant executive our man Pat Riley is. If he can unload the contract of Kyle Lowry, a dead man. <laughs> that'll be better than when he uh, dumped Shaq with 60 million left to go. Because uh, Shaq was uh, a bloated, uh, you know, not even a slight semblance of his former self there. And uh, somehow he taught somebody into picking up the money. Which at that time was big. Now it would only buy you like a backup point guard for like a half a season. All right, uh, we have to run. That's today's edition of the uh, morning briefing. Tough to boot home those 50 to 1 shots. Almost impossible. Arizona looking like uh, absolute dead meat in this uh, battle. I mean, that's that horse that you bet that took a six-length lead there, and you're all uh, hyped up. and go, I got him at 50 to (laughs) 1. And then slowly he turned, step by step, and went completely backwards (laughs) like a Rossi in the Breeders' Cup. I just uh, shuffled right to the back of the pack. And uh, that's going to be it there. Uh, The real contenders now are starting to surface. And it seems that way in uh, Major League Baseball. I will see you next time. Uh, For Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest here on NoFilter.net. Thanks so much for joining us. See you on the next edition of the Morning Briefing. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.